2: A historic night as we watch the young GOAT, Kevin Porter Jr. dropped 50 points and 11 assists on the way to the Rockets' 143-136 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. What is up? And welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very next order. As always, I'm your host, Jack. Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter, at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. What an amazing game. Just an all-around, not to be completely overshadowed by Kevin Porter Jr.'s 50 points, which we will absolutely, that is the focus, the mainstay of this game. It was a historic night for the Rockets franchise, for KPJ, best game of his career, bar none. Christian Wood also poured in 31 points, 9 rebounds. Kelly Olenek with 24, 13, 4 assists, 2 steals, and a block. DJ Wilson had himself a game off the bench with 15 and 12 in just 25 minutes. Huge games all around for everybody. Jay Sean Tate doing his thing, being effective on both ends of the court. 12 points, 6 boards, 3 assists, 1 steal. Hit a big-time 3-pointer down the stretch of this game. Just Watching this group of young guys come together and rally against the Milwaukee Bucks. And like so, kind of setting the stage for this game, right? Giannis goes down a minute into this game. Rolls his ankle, steps on Kelly Olenek's foot, rolls his ankle, gets subbed out. So, you know, the complexion of this game is obviously very different If Giannis plays, but the Bucs are still the third best team in the Eastern Conference. They are still, you know, one of the better teams in the entire association, even without Giannis, right? They've shown that they can win games without him. So this was a a hard-fought, scrappy win, a lot of back and forth in this one, and Kevin Porter Jr. and the rest rest of the Rockets rose to the occasion. This was very similar to the Timberwolves game, where the Rockets actually found themselves in a game that was closely contested down the stretch, and they made the right reads, they made the buckets, they got the stops they needed, they... Executed down the stretch as opposed to what happened against the T Wolves, where they didn't execute down the stretch. They didn't hit the shots they needed. And for Kevin Porter Jr., this game has to feel good bouncing back in such a big way. I knew he was going to have a bounce back game because every single game that he's had in a Rockets jersey where he's had a bit of a subpar performance, he's come back the next, you know, handful of games and strung together some really good, you know, bounce back performances. And that is exactly what you want to see out of a young talented player like him where, you know, there's going to be some peaks and some, you know, there's going to be peaks and valleys throughout, you know, this, this stage of his career as he's getting acclimated, as he's establishing himself as a player in the NBA. And what you want to see is him be able to respond to the adversity and come back in a strong way, which he absolutely did in this one. 50 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, one block, 16 of 26 shooting overall, nine of 15 from behind the three-point line, nine of 11 at the charity stripe, hung 50 points the day after the NBA fined him $50,000 for hitting up the booby trap in Miami uh, and breaking, you know, COVID protocols and whatnot. I mean, just what an amazing performance from KPJ, and nobody else was was happier for him than head coach Stephen Silas. So let's hear what he had to say.
0: Most impressive part is the bounce back from the game that he had before. Uh, he had a off game. I mean, he was 0 for 9 or 0 for 10 and then made his last couple threes last game and was frustrated and all of those things and the bounce back tonight where he was of clear mind and just had it rolling and carried us and all of those great things that we saw tonight um, after a subpar game. And after that game, he said, I'll be better. So um, that was the most impressive part to me is, is the bounce back. Obviously, he made some great plays, step backs, and all of those things. And hopefully those, those are things that carry us forward, some things that he gets some confidence from, um, hopefully some things that he sees that he can get to, Um, and uh, I was happy that he shot his three tonight because there are times where he doesn't shoot his three, and he shot 15 of them, and we needed to shoot. That's what they do. They're they're going to allow you to shoot some threes, and, and he shot them tonight. So I'm super proud of him, super happy for him, and just the bounce back is the thing that I'm so, so proud of him for.
2: So, of course, head coach Steven Silas talking about KPJ's performance, but we've also got to hear from the man of the hour himself, KPJ, and where his mindset is at when he has one of those down games and how he tries to bounce back from those. So let's hear from Kevin Porter Jr. right now, too.
1: As most know that know me, I'm very hard on myself, and I'm a perfectionist. So, um, you know, one missed shot can kind of throw me off, uh, throw my game off if I thought it was going in. And I've been doing very uh, a much-improved um just letting it or keeping a short mind or not really letting it get or carry on to the other game. Uh, I usually let one game affect multiple games. And um, I've just been trying to improve on that um, for the longevity of my career, because there's going to be a lot of games. It's an 82 season or a 72 season this uh, season, but regularly an 82 season. So it's a lot of games that we play. You can't, you can't just give it all in uh, one game, if it's a bad one. Since I got here, um, I mean, way before that, in the G League, when I was down at the G League, me and him stayed communicating. And uh, he just told me keys and things that he wanted to see um, when I was down there. And um, he was he was impressed by everything, you know, that he was telling me I was Im- impl- implying it uh, in the next game. So when I got up here, I kind of felt confident and he felt confident to basically just be Comfortable to talk to each other about whatever um, life or uh, on the court, and um, really he just gives me that confidence to go out there and just play how I play, um, play how I've been playing all my life. And uh, once a coach give you give you basically the green light and the keys, it's sky's the limit.
2: Again, Kevin Porter Jr. kind of sharing some of his thoughts post game after this one, and really to me, you know, the, just the entire sequence, you know, the 17. He had 17. 17 of his 50 in the fourth quarter. He took over the game. And we've seen, right, we've seen the flashes from him. We've seen the the, the glimpses of just that raw talent and, and how high the ceiling truly is for him. But this was the first game that really felt like he truly took over, right? He commanded this game in the fourth quarter. And I think the the deciding play for me was... Down the stretch of this game, you know, tail end, he was, it was, what, like a minute or two left. I have the play-by-play here. I should have been, I should have had it set right on the play, but I didn't because I'm garbage. I'm so sorry. Here we go. About a minute left in this game, KPJ sitting on 49 points, right? Runs a pick and roll. Drives the ball in and he he could have been he could have tunnel visioned, he could have been like, I'm getting this 50 no matter what. It's a career night. I want to hit 50, right? Could have done all that, could have been selfish, could have made the wrong read, the wrong play because you know he wanted to get to hit that 5-0 so bad. Instead, drives the ball in and dishes the pass to Jay Sean Tate for what was a really good attempt at a layup right, pretty much right at the cup. Um, Jay Sean Tate subsequently misses the shot, but then Kelly Olynyk gets the tip in, and it gives the Rockets a 142-136 lead, so a six-point lead, uh, two-possession game with about 43 seconds left on the clock. And it was that moment where I was like, wow, that that to me speaks volumes that KPJ was more more concerned about making the right read, the right play in that moment, the right decision rather than, you know, quote unquote getting his and you know cementing his, you know, uh his historic night which he still wound up being able to do a little bit later in this game. I know that everybody was waiting with kind of bated breath, just, you know, he misses the first free throw to try and hit 50, and everybody's, like, sitting there panicking. Is he going to actually, you know, net the second free throw? And he does, ices the second free throw um, to, to kind of put away put the game ju- just a little bit more comfortably out of out of reach uh you know the final point scored in this one making it 143-136 and giving him the 50 on the night so he was rewarded a little bit later in this one now i do want to talk about some of the specifics from this game some of what we saw from him uh he was really effective in the pick and pop with Christian Wood as well as DJ Wilson want to talk also about Christian Wood and his performance in this game because again you know, on any other night, we'd be ranting and raving about this amazing 31-9 and performance from Christian Wood, who has been a monster these last few games, but, you know, com- being, a, being slightly overshadowed by KPJ's 50-burger. We're going to talk about him, we're going to talk about the rest of the team, uh, some of the areas that we'd like to see cleaned up from this game, but uh, we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. NBA is also still going strong. We've got playoff basketball right around the corner. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL and all your UFC slash MMA action. So head over to Bet Online and Use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Talking about the Rockets, very impressive, 143-136 win against the Milwaukee Bucks. A game in which, we got to face it, the defense on both sides in this game was kind of suboptimal for stretches of the game. Um, and that's an area that, you know, we would like to see be cleaned up Um but there were stretches where, you know, sometimes the offense was just a little bit better. And I think one of the, one of the stretches in this game that had me a bit concerned was Drew Holiday really started kind of taking over, um, kind of top of the fourth in this one. Uh, you know, just the, the Bucks going on a bit of a run, start of the fourth quarter. Um, kind of looked like this might be, you know, that might have been the point where the game started to maybe slip away from the Rockets where the, the Bucks with their uh, combination of just, you know, veterans and, and kind of been there. We've been there. We understand, you know, what this uh, what this moment requires from us, that mentality, so to speak. You know, that that veteran edge uh, might have been taking over. And Drew Holiday was, was phenomenal on both ends. I mean, he was putting the clamps uh, momentarily on Christian Wood. He was offensively, he was kind of taking over the game. Really thought that this game was about to start trending the opposite direction. But then just looking at the play-by-play through the fourth quarter, I mean, back and forth, back and forth, this game went throughout the entirety of the fourth quarter. Just as the Rockets found themselves down... um, what was it 119 you know 119 to 114. Um, I apologize the, the run happened at the stop of the, at, the, at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, as the, the Rockets started the quarter with a 104 100 edge. Uh, the Bucks go on a bit of a run and take a 113 109 lead again powered by Drew Holiday for most of that. Um, and then they come back in and they go uh, they, they, they respond is, is what they did. and they responded in a variety of ways. Um, DJ Wilson hitting some threes, Christian Wood hitting some threes. Uh, he had a, Christian Wood had a career-high six three-pointers made in this game. Um, and a big part of DJ Wilson and Christian Wood and the looks that they were getting was how they were operating in the pick-and-pop with Kevin Porter Jr., which was being run to absolute perfection in this game, specifically a couple times with DJ Wilson where they would... You know, they would, they would initiate the pick and roll, Wilson and, and KPJ would initiate the pick and roll, and as KPJ kind of, uh, you know, establishes, you know, his crossover and starts making his move, you know, his strong move towards the basket and pulling both defenders with him, DJ Wilson is also rolling subsequently to the basket, but then stops the roll at about like the free throw line, maybe a little bit further into the paint, and then backtracks out to the three-point line, and effectively you know that's that's really hard to guard because then you're either giving up a a free lane to the basket for Kevin Porter Jr or you're giving up the wide open three for DJ Wilson and we saw that multiple points throughout this game where they ran that little action and it either resulted in it just resulted in some really good shots some some conversions a couple times in this one uh, and then Christian Wood as well just getting some really clean looks from behind the arc in this one um some really really great ball movement, KPJ again kind of orchestrating the offense, but the team in its entirety did a really solid job of finding the open man, making that extra pass, uh you know, really reading and reacting to what the Bucks defense was doing, trying to find the best shot on the floor. Uh the Rockets shot 25 of 46 from behind the arc in this one, an impressive 54.3%. And then they shot just 50% overall for the game, 49 of 98, uh, 83.3% at the, at the charity stripe. So just really, the rocket, easily the Rockets' best offensive game of the entire season. Again, the defense left a little something uh, wanting in this one. But let's hear really quickly from Christian Wood and his reaction post-game to this game and, and, and his relationship with Kevin Porter Jr. and how he felt after this uh, historic game by his, uh, his point guard. Uh man,
1: good or great actually I should say, you know he's a, he's a special player I've always you know known he's what he was, and uh me and him could be you know trouble going going down the line we just you know we have to stay together which I think we you know for sure will and uh you know work together and I feel like um, down the stretch we did that and we did a great job at it. Uh, you gotta love the confidence you know especially that me and him carry uh is 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 tremendous and it, it, it means a lot and I think he should just he should carry that that's what makes him. Who he is, and that's what makes me who I am. So uh, we can both be the franchise guy. Why not? You know, uh, we're both a good, good young pair, and uh, we just have to stay focused and stay together. And uh, that's that's really about
2: it. So, of course, Christian Wood talking about KPJ's dominance in this game, and Christian Wood again. You know, any other night, we'd be. This would be a really stellar performance from Seawood. I believe his career high is thirty-two. So he was just one shy of tying his career high um, and potentially breaking it had he scored just one more bucket. But 31 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, a block, 10 of 21 shooting, 6 of 10 from behind the arc for Seawood, 5 of 6 at the Charity Stripe. A really, really strong performance from Christian Wood in this one. And over the last handful of games, I mean, he's had some really dominant performances and... Again, he's doing all of this. It, it does feel like over these last handful of games, the Rockets have made a more concerted effort to get him the ball in spaces where he can be successful. And in this one, what we saw a, a, a lot of is we saw them kind of switching things when the Bucks decided to switch things on, on the pick and roll as, as Christian Wood would go set the screen for KPJ or another player. Uh, the Bucks would willingly switch things and Christian Wood multiple times in this one, took advantage of those switches and worked really hard to pin down those smaller Bucs players, you know, right at or near the basket and be able to then turn and just immediately elevate and, and you know, there was one where he just turned and immediately dunked it on Drew Holiday after getting him pinned, you know pretty much right below the basket. Um, and there, there were some others where he gets the ball just, you know, not quite as close to the basket to where you can just turn and dunk, um, but gets it in really good, you know, deep positioning inside the paint and he's able to turn and he's just got that soft feathery touch, you know, such a good touch that when he, when Christian Wood elevates pretty much anywhere inside the paint, he's an elite finisher. You know, if he can get to his spot, which is just, again, anywhere inside the paint, and get the ball up and onto the rim, he's got that soft, feathery touch to where it's going in most of the time. And so it's about getting him in those positions where he can succeed because, again, there aren't, you know, we've heard Christian Wood say specifically, there aren't a lot of plays that are specifically drawn up for him to get the ball. And it does feel like over these past few games, that has been noticeably shifted a little bit to where they are specifically running sets where the entire goal is to get the ball, you know, slotted into one of the wing spots and then thrown down low. To Christian Wood to allow him to create his own offense right there on the on the low block. So I really love that that kind of uh shift a little bit to allow Christian Wood some more opportunities to create his own offense as opposed to having to rely on one of his one of his guards to, you know, initiate the offense for him via pick and roll or pick and pop. Although that is still very much an element of his game that has been utilized. And I think it's just Using all of it, and not forgetting that Christian Wood is capable of creating his own offense if you just give him the ball and say, "Hey, go get us some points." Um, he's very capable of that element of play as well. So seeing that in full effect over these past couple games has been a very, very welcome sight. And even the fact that he's able to like pick up the ball and and move in transition, like I mean, Christian Wood is such a multifaceted offensive player. Um, that there's no reason for him to be pigeon into a specific role or just, you know, oh, he's just a rim runner or oh, he's just a pick-and-pop threat. No, he can keep defenses honest by utilizing his entire skill set over the course of, uh, of a 48-minute game. And as opposing teams, and this is something that Ali Kambijani and I were highlighting in our recent Locked on Rockets film room, as opposing teams... Continue to scout him and realize what he's capable at and what you know what he uh, what his favorite spots on the court are and how you know what his tendencies are. He has to come up with counters and he has to be able to you know understand that opposing defenses are looking at him and now actively game planning against him, which is going to take away some of his you know some of his sweet spots, some of the areas that he likes to uh, succeed in on the court, and it's going to be up to him to keep opposing defenses on their toes by mixing up what he does, right? By changing things up, by having different counters, different moves, different ways of attacking the defense. And I think my biggest, one of the the takeaways from this one is, you know, there were a few possessions in this one, and this has been a thing kind of all season. And he's been better about it post-All-Star break. um, But sometimes he's just so determined to score the ball that he kind of misses out on some you know some opportunities to facilitate to his teammates and this is again he, this is something he's going to have to learn right he's going to have to get better with his overall court vision with his understanding of where his teammates are and reading and reacting to what the defense is giving him and he spoke to, you know he spoke to as much you know sorry words difficult he spoke to that in his post game presser talking about you know just getting better at, at understanding what defenses are giving him and reacting accordingly because there are times where he's so determined to just score the basketball that he misses out on on what would be you know a great playmaking op- play opportunity to set up one of his teammates. And so I think just as he gets better and more used to being the focal point of the Rockets' offense, um, with more and more of the offense running through him specifically, he'll get better and better at reading things, reacting, creating for his teammates, and not just being a... Uh, really efficient scorer, but also utilizing his threat to score the ball and becoming a good playmaker out of that. He did have four assists in this game. So it's not like he's not finding his teammates, but I think he's going to be able to continue to grow that element of his game. And, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to be like, you know, Nikola Jokic-esque where he's, you know, fancy passes and, and, you know, flirting with a triple-double every single game, but he commands enough attention uh, from the defense that he could very easily, you know, on any given night rack up, you know, Seven, eight, nine, ten 10 assists, depending on how much the defense is focusing on him versus being willing to give up easy, you know, backdoor cuts or open threes to his teammates in favor of trying to slow him down. Because if you let Christian Wood play one on one with you, you know, throughout the entirety of a game, he's going to walk away with, you know, a 30 plus night like we saw in this one. So I want to continue talking about this game coming up. want to talk, you know, touch base on the amazing Rockets 3 Tower lineup that we saw, as well as uh, Jay Sean Tate, Kelly Olenek, uh hit on some of the things from the uh, Bucks side of things as well, uh, and we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. So if you've never had a protein bar that you actually love, that you've bitten into and you think, this is just delicious, it's one of the best things that I've ever eaten, you have to check out Built Bar. They've got so many amazing flavors, and the best part about these protein bars, right, they're not they're really not protein bars. They're like candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. And the, the flavors that they have, my God, the flavors are so good. Cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, German chocolate, Salted caramel. My personal favorite, the uh, the the coconut brownie chunk. Just cannot go wrong with it. These bars, they're all covered in 100% delicious chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're great, right? If you're dieting, if you're trying to, you know, hit the gym again, trying to lose a little bit of weight, they're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great, amazing if you're on a keto diet. And you can check them out. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Talking about the Rockets one forty three one thirty six win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Taking a quick look at the Bucks side of things. So again, Giannis and Tidacumpo, uh, Unfortunately, look, you know, Rockets fans can have their beef with Giannis, understandably. So right, I never wish injury upon anybody. Right, it just I, 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 you hate to see it. You really do. Um, you know, I, I wish him a speedy recovery. I hope he recovers and is back to, uh, his usual seven foot, no skilled dunking self in no time. But legitimately, you know, it sucks that we didn't get to see a, a truly, uh, fully staffed matchup between these two teams. And I say fully staffed as if the Rockets aren't missing like half their entire roster. Um, so I guess that maybe tips the scales, right? The Rockets are missing like eight guys and the Bucks are missing Giannis. So, uh, But uh, Chris Middleton had himself a game, 33 points, uh, but just on 9 of 21 shooting. Uh, Brooke Lopez looked like he was going to be unstoppable in the early stretch of this game because the Rockets' defensive rotations were just not where they needed to be uh, in the first half of this game, and they kind of allowed Brooke Lopez uh, way too many easy buckets right at the cup. Uh, Drew Holiday, as I highlighted earlier, kind of started that dominant stretch in the fourth quarter where, where it really felt like the Bucks were kind of turning the tide of the game in their favor, and were getting ready to kind of pull away from the, uh, the youthful Houston Rockets, but uh, he finished the game with 29 points on 12 of 19 shooting, uh, 10 assists in this one. And then Bryn Forbes, Bryn Forbes, I just, it's, Bryn Forbes hates the Rockets, and it's always, it's always somebody. But Bryn Forbes had 30 points off the bench, 11 of 17 shooting, 6 of 10 from behind the arc, just completely torching the Rockets uh, off the Bucks bench, and just just like he did when he was play, playing for the San Antonio Spurs, just whatever, Bryn Forbes and torching the Houston Rockets, name a more iconic duo. Um, maybe Max Struess and torching the Houston Rockets. But, uh, so that's just kind of the the Bucks side of things. And I think that, Something that I forgot to mention earlier, right? Drew Holiday is easily one of the premier uh, guard defenders in this league. And yeah, there were plenty of opportunities where KPJ, you know, got an effective switch. And so it's not like KPJ was being hounded by Drew Holiday the entirety of this game. But Drew Holiday checked KPJ for, for a fair bit of this game. And KPJ walks away with a 50-burger. Like, that's just, that's just ridiculous. You know, and I think, you know, I talk about my my favorite moment, I guess, which to me was more more so because of the maturity of it for KPJ was that recognition, you know, in the final minute or so of this game and making the right read and not forcing things, trying to net his his 50 point performance, uh, and making the right read to Jayshon Tate. Yes, that's amazing, and you know, I love that. But I think my favorite play in this game was, uh, I think it was his 40. 7th point? It was either his 44th or his 47th point um, was where he got the switch on Brook Lopez, started dancing with him, and, you know, toying with him a little bit, and pulled up, you know, just, and, and hit the step back three with so much confidence. Like, he pulled the trigger on that shot and just knew that it was going in. And I think at that point, like, you know, that the, the, as part of his 17th, his fourth quarter. You know, the confidence was absolutely flowing at that point, but that was probably my favorite actual move of his this game. Closely followed by the and one in transition where he split through not one, not two, but three Bucks defenders where he just in the open court just turned on the Jets, got by the first one, got by the second one, and then got fouled by the third defender and was still able to pull up and finish the shot as he's falling out of bounds and then converting it for the full, you know, and one at the free throw line moments later. Like, that play was ridiculous. The little, like, Euro step that he hit to, to you know, absorb the contact and fall out of bounds and still hit the shot. This is just beautiful. Kevin Porter Jr. was truly scoring at all three levels in this game. He did it in the mid-range, he did it at the rim, he did it behind the arc, and I think that that's such an important element of his game you know talking about the confidence portion of this he had the first five points for the Rockets and that had to feel good he hit his he hit his three and then he hit the he had the easy uh transition bucket uh I believe by the with the assist by uh, Kelly Olynyk. um but getting those easy opportunities early to then kind of build his confidence from the ground up you heard him say earlier in this show that you know he gets really down on himself right he's very hard on himself he's a perfectionist he wants things to be the right way you know and he gets really upset when they don't go how he's you know how he planned and hopefully John Lucas and the rest of the coaching staff can help you know under, help him understand that he has the ultimate green light that he can't you know bog himself down and get inside his own head just because he misses a few shots um to quote the late uh the late great Kobe Bryant right um you know Kobe would rather go. What well, I forget the exact. I forget the exact quote. So I'm paraphrasing here. But right, the quote where he said something along the lines of he'd rather go 0 for 20 or 0 for 30 than go 0 for 8 because 0 for 8 means he beat himself. Right, he beat himself in his own mind. Whereas 0 for 20 over 30 means that he just he just didn't have it that night. He but he kept trying. Something to that effect. And that's the mentality that KPJ needs to have. You know, as he's being given the keys to this Rockets offense. As he's being trusted by the coaching staff, by his teammates who know how talented he is, he can't get down on himself. Like, you know, and if he does, fine. Have it be a momentary thing. I should've, I, I, you know, I should have been better about that pass. I shouldn't have missed that shot. You know, I was right at the cup. I shouldn't have blown that layup, whatever it may be, right? You can think about it for a split second, but then it's gotta be on to the next play. And it's gotta be, you know, very, very short memory. So that he can continue to have nights like this, where he truly does or is able to take over the game. I think another. So I do want to talk about the three tower lineup because I think that's just objectively hilarious. That the Rockets go from less than a year ago running, uh, running essentially, you know, a six foot five center uh, playing small ball with PJ Tucker at the five spot to now running. Uh, a three-tower lineup. So they were running twin towers, right, and have been consistently with Christian Wood, Kelly Olinick, and uh, DJ Wilson, thankfully, getting more run and really looking good in the minutes that he's getting out there. Again, I, I thought that he had a lot of promise when the Rockets picked him up from the Bucks, and it kind of looked like he was you know, being given a bit of a back seat in favor of some of the other guys in the rotation. <clears throat> Avery Bradley. <clears throat> um, don't know why that is. Uh, But I really like that Steven Silas has gone back to him. Now, be be that out of necessity or be that uh, because he really likes what DJ Wilson brings to the table. I hope it's uh, not just the former and mostly some of the latter because when given the opportunity, DJ Wilson looks really good out there. I think he's got a high ceiling. um, And I really like to see the Rockets move forward with him as part of the young core. But the stretches where they had DJ Wilson, (laughs) Christian Wood, and Kelly O'Linick in the game at the same time in this one were just amazing like running uh, running essentially three forward centers out there i guess technically christian wood was probably your your power forward dj wilson was i guess your small forward in this dynamic um is pretty funny just to see and I, I i kind of jokingly said that you know was this steven silas like messing with pj tucker like was he actively trolling pj tucker running three centers out there against the guy who had to hold down the fort at 6 foot 5 for the rockets last season um, but the the triple towers lineup had a plus twenty seven net rating in their twelve minutes that they shared the court in this game. Uh, it looked good, you know. It worked out well, and it's because you have three guys in Kelly Olynyk, uh, Christian Wood, and D. J. Wilson who are able to all switch onto smaller players who can kind of hold their own uh, when they're guarding smaller guys on the perimeter, and then having all that size on the court to really be able to. Uh, to effectively crash the glass. The Rockets were a plus 14 in the rebounding department in this one. They out-rebounded the Bucks 52-38. to 38. I mean, they were actively hammering the glass in this game, and a big part of that was having those three bigs out there to consistently crash the boards. Again, Kelly O'Linnick walks away with 13 rebounds, Christian Wood with 9, and then DJ Wilson with 12. So... Even if you have right the one guy who's you know parked out on an island you know guarding a Drew Holiday or a Bryn Forbes or, or whoever Middleton, and you know they might get you know slightly beat on the, on the dribble, then you've got suddenly you've still got two bigs behind you as help defenders to help contest shots at the rim and uh, to help crash the glass after the shot goes up. Um, I really like that dynamic, and you know maybe one day the Rockets are gonna trot out that same lineup that the uh, the Denver Nuggets did earlier this season where they had. Uh, what was it like? All six foot ten guys. Like I guess like um, Plumley was like their. Uh, wait, no, was it Plumley? No, who was there? They basically had like a lineup of like all like six ten and up dudes. Like I think the shortest guy was like Michael Porter Jr. Um, in the lineup. Uh, they had Bol Bol. They had uh, Jokic. Obviously, it was just a funny, funny Nuggets lineup. Uh, the uh, the inverse. Of, of small ball, if you will. So maybe the Rockets will one day trot out that lineup, but they closed with that lineup. They had uh, KPJ, Jay Sean Tate, DJ Wilson, Christian Wood, and Kelly Olynyk out there as like the, the closing lineup group of guys for this team, and it worked out well, and kudos to those guys for making that situation work on a night where they were still kind of short-staffed. Armani Brooks getting the start in this one, not having a phenomenal game, kind of quiet, um, just six points in 20 minutes, uh, was two for four from behind the arc, um, and then K.J. Martin having a bit of a quiet performance as well, just five points on two of five shooting, missed his two three-pointers, uh, but did have five rebounds, and um, had some good def- had some good defensive possessions in this one. You know, he really is uh, kind of a ball hawk, but not just with, like, the blocking, which, oh, I, I guess, uh oh, I'm so glad I brought up K.J. Martin. He got... Bobby Portis in this one Um, and Matt Bullard shout out to Matt Bullard uh, the bullseye man himself with a great call on that because Bobby Portis isn't quite seven feet tall so so uh, for Matt Bullard to say you know we're not checking IDs you're invited to the block party if you're not quite seven feet you can still get in Um, Loved that call by Matt Bullard on the replay of KJ Martin blocking Bobby Portis so obviously Portis thought that he was safe because he wasn't quite seven feet tall, but unfortunately, KJ Martin uh, will now have him thinking otherwise the next time he tries to take the ball into the paint uh, with KJ in the game. But again, a really great performance by the Rockets um, defensively. Some things to clean up, obviously, but easily the best offensive performance the entire season for this team. KPJ rising to the occasion with the 50 points, uh, you know, an 11 assists performance um, is now the youngest player in NBA history to score 50 points, uh, topping LeBron James, uh, who did it previously before him, uh, and joins a list of, uh, what was it, LeBron, Devin Booker, and, uh, who's the... Fourth one. Oh, I'm blanking on the fourth guy's name. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but joining LeBron and Devin Booker and one other guy whose name I cannot quite remember at this very moment, I do apologize. As the only players to score 50 before turning 21 years old, um, some really nice company there for KPJ. And I guess to me, right, the the icing on top of it all, the the icing on top of the cake, the cherry on top, um, the thing that makes this win even sweeter is the fact that the Rockets own the Milwaukee Bucks first round pick in this year's NBA draft and as i begged a few episodes ago that they needed to take fate into their own hands as we kind of look took a look at the the draft pick situation for the rockets and the fact that they do play the bucks one more time they play them once more this season they they had the ability to take fate into their own hands and if they handed the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, at least one loss, maybe a pair of losses as as they've still got one more chance uh a week from now as you're listening to this episode on friday uh they are handing the Milwaukee Bucks a loss, which effectively makes their own first-round draft pick better, uh, the pick that they received by way of the P.J. Tucker trade to the Milwaukee Bucks. So, I mean, can't be happier for this win. Um, it was a little bittersweet seeing P.J. Tucker play against the Rockets, his return to Toyota Center. He got a his tribute video, which was very touching. Um, P.J. Tucker is an all-time favorite Houston Rocket for me. You know, just complete class act, genuine person, um, and it was tough to see him. You know, I, I miss P.J. Tucker, right? He gave the Rockets three and a half amazing years. Um, I Maybe I shouldn't say the half because, you know, this season was a bit of a dumpster fire. Uh, but still, right, he goes down as one of my favorite all-time Rockets role players, Um, was a huge part of the team that won 65 wins. Uh, Should have been right there alongside Chris Paul and James Harden winning a title. But unfortunately, that era of Rockets basketball is over. But this new era of Rockets basketball is looking fairly promising. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Excited to see how Kevin Porter Jr. continues to progress. Um, This will not be the only 50-point performance of KPJ's career. You can mark me that. I've got, you know, uh, bookmark this receipt right now. KPJ is going to have plenty more 50-game performances Uh, in the rest of his career. and Hopefully, they're all as a member of the Houston Rockets. But for this episode, that is going to be where where we wrap things up. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.